What is this clanging? Clanging at my manhole cover? This week on The Hapless Heroes. All chaps are assless. Hello and welcome to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I will be your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. Let's start this evening the way we start every other evening by introing our cast. And we're going to start from my virtual left and go counterclockwise. We have Mike as Lord, Captain, and Dean. Quinn Southwind. I always knew I owned a school. And to his left, we have Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Where do I get my textbooks around here? To her left, we have Phil as Hedrick, the entertainer. All right, all right. And to his left, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. It says not to open it, but in this place, I don't trust that either. And to his left, we have... Francesco is the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. I have a plan. So as we left ourselves off last time, we are in the now drained um, basin of the uh, mysteriously found again and quite abandoned Southwind Academy at Legradex. Now it's not it's not just abandoned. We should clarify that like we were transporting between planes and ran yes. into the lighthouse of Lagradex again. You did not run into the lighthouse. We kind of ran into the school. The school blasted yes. through it. You right. blasted into the school <laughs> at a high rate of speed, leaving a tunnel of rock behind you. We never confirmed that the, the lighthouse and the school were even in the same place to begin with. Yes, that was not confirmed. But I, I mean, I, I am I foolish to assume that the um, the school that we were in before was on the same plane of existence as Telduria? <laughs> um, that was also not confirmed. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's gonna... And seeing as how Felix got here by astrally projecting to like just pointing into a random direction in space time, like it's entirely possible you guys are in a space outside of time. Very Lovecraftian. Okay. Yeah. Or is that time outside of space? I don't know. I don't know. It's the uh, upside down. <laughs> oh, there was that too. Yeah. Something, something, tentacle monsters were not that kind of anime. Yeah, but I guess before we can ask a lot of questions, there's that, there's that, that, that clanging that we yes. keep hearing. In this basin, this now drained basin of uh, the academy, uh, there is a manhole cover that says very clearly in Dwarven script, Keep out, CS. And there's a loud you, clanging coming from in there. Mind you, Jarrell, his divine sense did recognize that there was something desecrated nearby. 
there is something desecrated nearby, although it is so close and so intense that you cannot tell where it is. Right. So something desecrated nearby, and there's a manhole cover that says, do not open, literally. <laughs> well, in Dwarven. No, it doesn't literally say do not open. It says keep out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's literally says do not open. Now, who do you, <laughs> who do you suppose uh, the CS means? I mean, Caesar Southwind clearly starts with an S. S. Right? The, the, the C in the czar, right? The, the sea of the ocean, right? Yes. Um, I, again, I mean, we can debate this later. Like, do we address the clanging? Like, I can't interact with this thing. Clang. So, like, I'm really kind of working with you guys to maybe try to, I don't know, lift it and like kill whatever bad thing is in there or something. I don't know. I mean, you guys are professionals. Come on. We do this all the time. Just open the thing. Can Jarrell roll a history check to see what CS might stand for? <laughs> yeah, it's real easy for an astral projected being to say, just open the manhole and see what the clanging mm-hmm. is. The literal world is falling apart around me where my real body is, okay? So let's not talk about stress. If I suddenly disappear, you know that something went horribly wrong. So I'm just I mean, trying to maybe like, let's move this along so that, you know, I don't die a horrible, fiery death while you guys are sitting here debating the initials of a person who wrote this thing. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I was a little. I was a little. Sorry. I, 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 what else could see me? I mean, Both. Captain Southwind, it's your school. Wouldn't it be yours? Yeah, but those aren't my initials. And it's written in Captain Southwind. It's given a lot of letters. <laughs> that's true. Um. Yeah. Dave, can you confirm that I should roll a history check? Uh, you can roll a history check if you so choose. I don't know much about dwarves, but um, 13. There's a lot of CSs. Right. I mean, do you have any idea how big the Stout Hammer Clan is? <laughs> okay. Look, you know, Chuck Stout Hammer might, you know, he might be famous in some circles, but I don't know if that's going to show up on a history check. Um, Chuck! <clears throat> <laughs> Jarrell will look to Quinn. Uh, Captain, would you like for me to open this? It says not to. Yes. I feel like that's the hapless hero's stock and trade is opening doors that say do not open. <laughs> I would like you to open it. Um, can Jarrell use an athletics because it's a deadlift? Yes, that sounds almost exactly like the sort of thing athletics would be for. 22. Yes, with great difficulty, you were able to wrench this thing up and with some noise, get it off to the side. Clang is even louder now, coming very obviously out of this dark hole that goes straight down into the rock. Jarrell will look down the hole. Jarrell. Well, looking down the hole, um, do you have the benefit of any light on your side? I have the benefit of dark vision. Yes, you have the benefit of dark vision, but there is a difference, and that's why I'm asking. Hedrick would like to approach, and... uh, Well, Boris still has her lantern lit. 
That's true. And well, I am relatively near the circle. Yeah, we can we can either drop something down there. I got my drumstick. I know I really don't want to throw my drumstick. I'll find a rock or something. But yep. Boris could throw a lantern or shine the light down. Boris pulls, I mean, her her rope out of her bag and ties it to the, you know, I'm assuming there's like a handle or something on my lantern so I can carry it. So ties it to the lantern and proceeds to lower it into the hole. The hole itself is about 10 feet wide, almost exactly the same dimensions as this gigantic manhole cover. Oh, I thought it was six feet. I think I had said 10 feet at one point, but if we want to retroact it to six feet, sure. It's a six foot manhole cover now. It's not that important. <laughs> what is important is that it is uh, stone walls, relatively smooth, heading straight down for at least 50 feet. There is some light at the bottom of this hole, but it is quite a ways in the distance. There does not appear to be anything like a handhold or anything to grab onto on the way down. So it's straight down, smooth walls at more than 50 feet so far. Um, and there's, like, yes. and there's, there's, but there's nothing there that was like banging on this manhole cover? Not on the manhole cover. It's coming from further down. Oh, Hedrick, Hedrick noise was coming right up out of the hole, even louder without the manhole cover in the way. I'm, I'm sorry. I've been speaking this whole time. Hedrick cannot speak as a bat. <laughs> right, because you're polymorphed. So all the things that we heard Hedrick say have only just been translated into like just squeaks and screeches. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Now he, he flew down to the grate where Javrel was, so now he can see like the light shining down. Um, you can't see anything. You're a bat. You can hear. Bats are com- completely blind. They can't sense light. I think light actually like throws off their senses, doesn't it? I don't know. Actually, I think extremely loud noises do. So really, the whole clanging thing would probably be just having you like do this as a bat. Yeah, well, literally. So, yeah, bats have blind sight of 60 feet. Um, and they have advantage of perception checks that rely on hearing. But yes, they have, they, they, they can't see. Well, as a bat, I can still comprehend language. Mm-hmm. So I would take the opportunity to zoom down and hang on the lantern and, uh, and kind oh. of get, get, get a look get a look through this grate down through this hole and uh, I'll keep my distance at first but then I'm going to let out a ping just one of those like little high screeches and, and see if little I echo can location. Yeah, see if I can just see if there's a chamber down there about how far away it is okay so kind of uh, hovering down as a bat uh, it's Man, I wasn't thinking anyone was going to polymorph into a bat when I uh, thought this thing up. <laughs> now, even though uh, it's so hard to balance anything around you, butt heads is between between the number of people there are. There's a solution in there somewhere. Even though Hedrick has dark hair, uh, it's very dark brown, almost black. This bat seems to be sort of like a chestnut brown with like golden tips on the long fur and like the tips of his ears. 
And so he has some distinguishing features. He doesn't appear to be just some run of the mill. No, he's a very stylish bat. Oh, yes. Um, so he will descend further down and see what he can ping. All right. So he descends a little further down. And I think right around the time this episode airs, we have to add like uh, the little status uh, for uh, Phil is very stylish bat after uh, <laughs> after the episode goes. But um, yes, uh, you hover your ways a little, uh, a little ways down, about 75 feet down this hole. It does open up into a very large room. Um, we're going to say about 100 feet by 200 feet by 50 feet high itself. So from the opening of the grate to the bottom of the floor is 125 feet. And uh, the first thing you see hulking in the middle of the room and being very large is a 12 foot high creature of some sort. It looks humanoid except wide as fuck. And we're talking about like if you took a very large SUV and stood it on its end, the kind of dimensions this thing is taking up. Damn, boy. (laughs) It is very muscular, stripped to the waist, completely bald on top, and it has some sort of uh, beard. It's tough to tell. Mm. uh, You're viewing it from behind. And through echolocation. Well, that too, but uh, the phrase blind as a bat is actually uh, not at all accurate. That's okay, fair. They can see too. They just happen to, you know, do good shit with echolocation at night. Yeah, I mean, this is darkness, so I'm definitely using the sound. Yeah, um, it's um, a really big humanoid. So I suppose Hedrick would want to throw out a test and he wants to do a series of squeaks in a way that would sound unnatural as to possibly illuminate some intelligence or response from this large creature. That's the only thing that is picking up Right now, yes, that is the only thing uh, that it is picking up. The rest of it seems to be a room done in some sort of stone, but very well polished and white, almost like marble block walls all around. And some sort of uh, floor that's also white. It has martial arts mats on it. So uh, tatami, just like edge to edge in this 100 by 200 room. Hedrick will descend and he's going to get probably 30 feet from the floor, 25 feet from the floor. Yeah. Now, just just note that in this room with this large thing, it is actually lit. That's why I'm saying the walls are white and the floor is such a way you can see in here. Like I said, there was a light at the bottom of that hole and this room is actually well lit, although you cannot tell where the light comes from. Being a bat, would Hedrick recognize spatial awareness as to think that the six foot wide 
tunnel that he descended down appeared much larger and much wider to him while he was in a bad form. And possibly this room is just housing a regular humanoid. Maybe, but uh, to your perception, this room looks like it's about the size of, you know, a couple of football fields. And there is a titanic monster in the middle of it, hulking and facing away. But you kind of know that you should be scaling that back to something more reasonable. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So he's going to do a series of squeaks. Squeak, 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 squeak. Now, one thing you do notice is that this gigantic thing raises an axe and smashes it down in front of him and a loud clang rings out. I feel like Hedrick needs to roll something. Um, I'm going to call it insight as to whether or not he can recognize this form in front of him or whether it seems like a giant. It seems like something, you know, otherworldly. To your action. Well, yeah, roll roll the insight on it first. A 16. A 16. So what you notice is that a really freaking big and inordinately wide humanoid is smashing an axe down. You see it is gigantic. You know it is not quite, you know, like a full-on titan or anything like that. But it is entirely possible that it is just a little bigger than you think it is. Well, I'm sorry, not bigger than that. But, like, you've scaled it down, but it might be pretty big still. Okay, Hedrick recognizes he, he doesn't seem to be able to communicate, and he does not want to take the risk of just reverting to his uh, form to cast spells because he can't cast spells as a bat. So he's going to fly back up and he would like to relay all this information to Jirel, the the astral projection of Felix and Boris and Captain Quinn. And you're turning back into yourself then, obviously. Yeah, he would have to do that. He would have to do that and just say, there's a, a maybe a large or somewhat large but very wide, uh, heavy set, bearded, bald gentleman down there that is slamming an axe against the ground, and he seems unresponsive. I tried to make contact with him, but there was there was yeah no no recognition. I was just a bat. Uh, maybe it's just time we go down there and investigate for ourselves together. Uh, again, I. Probably not going to be able to do a whole lot, but uh, if it is bad, I could distract it at least, maybe. How how do how should we get down there? I don't seem to. Ha- uh, Gerald does not have any more rope on him, <laughs> or pythons, or anything like that. He's never restocked, apparently. Well, I did a little shopping. I'm not I'm not sure where we were when uh when I did it, but I knew I I took note of it. Because I haven't been paid a single penny, a single copper since I joined this group. It's a collective pool of money we all have. Well, I, I do appreciate your uh, material, you know, con- contributions to my components for uh, for spells and whatnot. But I, I have a grappling hook and a climber's kit. 
And if we tie that, if you tie that to whatever rope that Boris already has tied to the lantern, we should probably have enough to get down there. Well, I mean, you should. I could probably just, you know, like I can just float down there because again, astral projection. Boris has a fifty-foot piece tied to the lantern. Pretty sure we're all level fourteen. We can get down a hundred-foot <laughs> hole. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not sure what you mean by that, but I, I, I think I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, what's your alignment? Yes, I am a very experienced adventurer, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I, unless anyone else has any more rope, I'd say that's, that's probably our best play. I did have a scroll of spider climb on me, on my person, but again, you know, not, not actually here. Well, Hedrick will, uh, I guess he'll slide down the rope. Or no, he'll pull it up. He'll pull it up. <laughs> pull up the lantern, give the lantern back to Boris, tie the rope down 100 feet, and then he's yeah, going to say, who who uh, is, who is who wants to go first? I mean, I'll go first. I can't really be hurt right now, so I'll just walk on down. And you're going to see Felix like kind of like like walk up to the edge of the manhole cover and then just like turn like, you know, like like, like pitch down 90 degrees and then just start walking down the side of the uh, this like, you know, tunnel. Goddamn you fizzle bottom. You never seem to cease to amaze. <laughs> Boris attaches the lantern to like her armor just clips it on so she'll be able to see as she's going down um, and then you know just flips down the rope ridiculously gracefully uh, Jaral would be right behind her Quinn Not follows her gracefully alright that's them's the marching orders All so right. I'm gonna like plop down there first okay so you plop down with nary a sound um, what does he look like as an astral projected? Oh, right. I forgot to mention. Yeah. Um, Ooh, there we go. That This is the best time to describe that as you're falling in a nice slow-mo down to the yeah. top at the bottom. So I did I did forget to mention last, last week, um, when Felix is astrally projecting, his true changeling form is what is projected because, you know, as a changeling, right, like you're essentially just a blank cam- canvas for whatever you turn into. So it's like, I'm talking like ghost white skin, um, like white, like, like you, bar- you can barely see where the, like my irises start in my eyes, right? There's just like the you know the, the black people in the center, um, and like silky white hair that's kind of pulled back into like a small, um, like small ponytail, um, and like no facial hair, uh, and just incredibly smooth skin. And then I have that like gem set into the center of my forehead as well. What kind of clothing are you wearing? Um, my normal clothes. It's just that, you know, the same adventuring clothes. Yeah. We always it's, just, okay. it's just that it's just that my face and like skin and stuff like that all looks like my like true changing form, which I don't think mm. Hedrick has ever seen. Never. Never. Um, but some of the other party have. Boris is not either, actually. Well, he certainly recognizes your voice. It's pretty distinct. Yeah, if, and if people hadn't and uh, didn't necessarily know you were a changeling, they could totally chalk that up to just some sort of weird artifact of you astral projecting. Right. You just astral project weird. You're a weird astral projector. 
Nope. Astro projection shame, man. Twenty twenty one. But um, so yes, and you and your astral form hit the ground without a sound. I just want to kind of establish what other people are doing and how they're coming down before I describe the scene at the bottom. So, um, well, Boris is after me, right? So, yes, yeah, so Boris is next, and you are unable to do anything but get to the bottom of the rope and then follow the remaining, um, let's see, 25 feet with inordinate levels of grace. And you also land without a sound on the soft ground because Boris, yes. Because Boris. And now we get to Jarrell, and the story changes just a little. Yep. Knowing Jarrell was coming after her, Boris got a lot of the way gracefully and silently, but quickly. Yeah. So, first, we have to get you down the rope. So, that's going to be. Um, well, we can make that an athletics check since you can, you know, keep yourself on there and lower yourself by main strength. Uh, it's 15. A 15. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, you do that just fine. And um, we can make an acrobatics check um, to uh, to follow the remaining 25 feet without a sound. Oh, yeah, this is going to happen real well. Um, Thunk goes to plate armor. Right. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, that's my third nat 20 tonight. Yeah, <laughs> baby! <laughs> Ninja Jarrell. Ninja Rao, as it were. He like his his fall is timed with another clang, so you don't even hear it. The armor as if it did, when, it, when it did drop. Yes, right. the axe falls again, clang. Um, so who was who was behind? Was that uh, Hedrick next? Hedrick or the captain? Yeah, I, I couldn't remember how you guys resolved your order. So I, I think it was Captain. Quinn. I think it was Hedrick then Quinn. And okay, then it was Quinn then Hedrick. Well, there oh, we go. Oh yeah, we have Hans. Hans, uh, I don't know if you want to come down here. My sentiments is it's either going to get really bad or we're going to come right back up. It's so. kind of always been assumed since the start of Jarrell that Hans will always avoid hostile situations and will proceed when the all clear is given. Yep. So Hedrick follows and uh, he will get to the bottom because of his tumbling fool trait he'll take half damage from falling the 25 feet. Well, okay, so before we get to there, um, uh, let's see, we've got to get you down the rope first, so that can either be an athletics or acrobatics check. Acrobatics. I was going to yeah. say, we know which one he's picking. <laughs> yeah, I still, I got a 15 with my expertise because I rolled plus a 13. Yeah. I rolled a 2. Hey, <laughs> still counts. Good. That's what that's what the modifiers are for. So then another acrobatics to uh, make it uh, gracefully the last 25 feet. Oh, that's better. That's a 29. Yeah. So also without a sound. And now we get to Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind, the last one down the uh, the rope. Come on, bud. You got this. Oh, not 20. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I that. Like that I wasted on this because I probably would have been fine, but... It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, just just make me another acrobatics check for that last 25 feet, then. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh, come on. <laughs> is it? Is uh, it a one? 
It's not a one. It's a ten. It succeeds just because of the momentum you have from descending the rope well. Cool. Like, I, I kind of had a silent advantage on that from that 20. I didn't want to just give you the whole way down, but we sure. were going to make that a fait accompli. So everyone does make it down completely silently. And because nobody said they did, Hans is left at the top without any kind of light. It is pitch dark. <laughs> if he hasn't learned by now to carry some kind of light with him with all the dark vision shit that we've been doing, that's his problem. <laughs> now, I'm just going to ask a quick question, because when Hedrick changed into the bat, would his drumstick have, like, gone out? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's what I, I thought I wanted to make sure. Only Jabrel's sword would have shown any light, like, illumination around the area. And you also have the lantern on your hip, right? So Yeah. So now you are now down here in the light, and uh, this large hulking figure once again raises his axe and smashes it down in front of him. It is easily a good 15, 20 feet tall. It's giant, which also means that at that kind of height, it's also a good 10 plus feet wide. This axe is the size of a small wagon. My goodness. And it is being clanged down into something. Do we recognize uh, what kind of creature this is? It's like if you took a dwarf and scaled it way the fuck up. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, dude, do you want me to get its attention? Gerald shrugs. Like he, he's not really sure how to proceed with this thing. He he's still under the assumption that it's the desecrated creature. <laughs> Hedrick can speak dwarven. And so he's going to try to address this being in dwarven. I say so can I. All yeah, right, go for it. Excuse me, uh uh creature, being, person. We are we are here in search of answers. And um, it, right ju just after the excuse me, this uh, this large being kind of jumps a little. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, Eddie. As this gigantic dwarf with a silver beard turns towards you. Can you read? The giant dwarf turns back around. Axe Hoblet. We're done for today. As Hoblet standing there takes Trixie down from blocking another blow from this gigantic creature. <laughs> what? Hoblet's here? Good evening, friend Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Couldn't you read the sign on the door? It said, keep out. I mean, have you ever... Okay, first of all... Have you met us? And and we know your history with doors, <laughs> Hoblet. So I don't really want to hear a lecture about this right now. What are you doing here? Where are we? Uh, this is good old Clangadin's place. I knew it's, we weren't on a material plane anymore. It's more of a training room slash bachelor pad for the greatest dwarves in existence. Well, that's kind of so cool. who let you in? 
He uh, turns kinda... to the, the, the heroes. <laughs> Jarella walks up. I was stretching his hand. He says, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and Hoblet shakes your hand. Has, and, yeah. Hoblet, who has been training with Klangadin for maybe a couple of days and has not showered, grabs <laughs> Jarell's hand and pulls him in for a hug. Pop, possibly the smelliest hug of Jarell's life. Yeah. This particular training session has been a couple of days. You've been down here in this place for something oh, like a year now. And I forgot to mention, um, my armor is hanging on the wall and I'm just wearing a codpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Gets hot in the cave. Oh, <laughs> oh no. So there's a there's a layer of dwarf grease on Yeah, maybe a little smaller than that. Like, oh no. Oh, this, is what I, this is what I showed when you were talking about it like what three years ago now? <laughs> Mike is holding up the uh cod piece slash like slash uh I think I ouch. have a picture of you doing that on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Wow. <laughs> Training wow. has been good. I've been keeping sharp. Figured you all would show up eventually. Yeah. How did you figure? Never mind. You know what? Never mind. That's it's it's kind of glad. I'm actually happy to see you, bud. You probably had a plan. Not really, actually. I was just going to distract this thing. I thought it was some big monster, and then I was going to hope that everybody else kind of figured it out from there. He turns to Klangadin. Want to fight him? <laughs> I yeah. think it's been a chance. Uh, not today, friendo. Actually, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, this is Klangadin Silverbeard, right? The 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 the, the god Klangadin Silverbeard. I'm actually curious. Uh, if I'm astral projecting, can you, as a celestial creature, damage me? Nay, just eight Klangadin Silverbeard. Haven't you heard? We come in six packs, laddie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Who am I addressing then? Yes, of course, I'm the Klangadin Silverbeard. Did the beard not tip you off? I mean, it kind of did. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty defining feature. Uh, Thank you. I take great care to keep it so. I would expect nothing less from literally one of the greatest dwarves that has ever lived. Thank you. Anyway, the place you're in is called Legradex. It's kind of a pit stop in the middle of the universe. Cool. More or less. It's kind of a big rock. It's just sort of floating out in the middle of nowhere. Cool. <laughs> Look, some of us minor deities kind of use it as a flophouse every now and again. It's been here since damn near forever. Hoblet, like, huffs his shoulders when he says that. What? We gotta have a place to go every now and again? Haven't you seen what Vecna's doing out there? Yes, it's pretty terrible. In fact, I'm actually glad that you're still around. I, I was hoping, you, you know, there was still some other... I'd still, you know... I'm certainly not going outside. <laughs> um, I feel like there would be a moment here where Hoblet would kind of, like, address everyone for a quick second before, like, you guys move on with whatever business you brought into my training session. 
<laughs> um so I'd probably I mean I already kind of snickered at uh at Felix about his plan. I hugged Jarrell. I feel like I'd turn probably to Quinn, give him a nod, Captain. And then when I see Hedrick, oh see the band is still together. Holy shit, you're all cut and greased up, Hoblet. God damn. <laughs> it's just the lighting down here. <laughs> and then uh, he would remember Boris. Mm-hmm. Boris looking at this giant man wearing nothing but a codpiece and sweat is no, looking not giant. No, you guys, you guys are about on, the same on. height. I'm assuming fairly beefy when I say giant, like muscular because oh. he's been trading for a year being hit by a giant <laughs> axe, right? Yes. So like, okay, it's this large in in mus- muscular yes. scale man and is looking everywhere in the room except for at him, like the feeling, <laughs> the floor and is just like extremely uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Hobbit, by, by the way, not wanting to offend the youth of the nation, uh, walks over and puts his armor back on. <laughs> Gets decent. That That is good. Well, while we've got it, um, what kind of weapon is Trixie, by the way? A, a maul. Um, like, plus anything? I think it did get that at one point. At least they definitely got and plus it, and one. If, and if not, it should be by now. Well, it's so, silvered. Yeah. Here's what I have written down now. to it. I can wield it one-handed. Oh yeah, that's what it was. I have plus two to hit and plus two to damage. Yep. And then two D eight extra per turn. Okay, it's already plus two. All right, that's where we needed it to be. Yeah, okay. I remember we did that shortly before Hoblet left last time. It was like you know, Trixie got this big big buff where he can now wield it with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. And um but also I, I, I want to make sure it was suitably powerful to parry blows from a god. Yes. Like a plus one mall wasn't gonna do the trick. But alright, since it's there, that's where we need it to be. So Boris is now going yeah. to suddenly register as well that the item of clothing that she is still wearing of Quinn's, right? Because she's taken off the jacket at this point, but She's still wearing his codpiece over her regular clothing and is registering how this would normally be born. Because, I mean, Boris has never dealt with a codpiece before. She didn't know. Um, And is, like, the brightest shade of red anyone has ever seen Boris, but doesn't want to draw attention by removing it. So is just, like, uncomfortably trying to also not look at her own codpiece. Oh, her own. No. That might be the first time the words "her own codpiece" have ever been said <laughs> in the history of words. <laughs> I don't know, maybe somewhere, but like maybe five times ever. <laughs> Total. <laughs> but no more than five. No, no more than five tops. Uh, so Jarrell turns to Hoblet. Ah, you're training with a god. My god has sent me to actually become a god. That's why we're here actually. Jarrell has been um, sent by Valen to become ascended essentially and that's why we're yeah, talking Yeah, but Hobbit has no idea of that. I feel like I'd be like, you're always on a quest to become a god. 
Lyran uh, certainly wouldn't have sent you here. This is like the smelly basement of the outer worlds. You took a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, I never really did get around to asking how you guys really got here. I mean, I just kind of point and shot to where I, you know, try to approximate where ah, you were. Funny story, actually. So after I left, do you have something, Dave? Not really, just that okay. at some point after you had brought him in, that uh, Klangadin had taken you away to train with him okay. because, you know, you're a so, cleric of him. I don't know if you guys remember, but Angus Kor was on my people to kill list. Oh, I remember. <laughs> okay, so I'm not, I'm not going to say that I killed him, but I'm going to maybe just say that he won't be coming back to find us. Um, but I thought of something kind of funny to say that I was doing in the meantime. And then I have a way that I got to Clang it in's if you want me to set it up. Go for it. Okay. <clears throat> so after I left with uh, that bastard, Angus Kaur, uh we went and justice was served. Uh, I don't know if word had reached you all, but in the meantime, I remembered that evil Lord Crump that I had my original run-in with, and I was <laughs> oh finally God. able to vanquish him from his lands. We have regained the land for the people. Lord Crump, I dealt with him. <laughs> After I dealt with Crump, Y'all get a chuckle out of this, boys. Went to the bar, had a few drinks. If you remember, I sometimes would ask Clangadin for help with things. And I was dwarf wasted. And I asked for Clangadin's interference to make me the greatest warrior ever. Turns out that was the fucking time it worked. <laughs> Boom! I'm in his fucking laboratory, swinging <laughs> an axe in my codpiece. Here we are. Wait, he's the reason why you're in your codpiece? Don't worry about that. <laughs> Listen, laddie, the What's, Lord works in mysterious that's ways. That's between me and my god. <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious <laughs> ways, he says about himself. <laughs> Morris chooses this opportunity to just give up and strip out of Captain Quinn's cod piece and hand it back to him, holding the least amount of it physically possible between two fingers. Oh, wait a minute. The important part here, which piece are you holding? Because you're either holding the piece that would have been on his body or the piece that would well, have we been establish, on, on We established his... that this cod piece was attached to these like assless like leather chaps. Okay. All chaps are assless. Yeah, so I, yeah, like by like the waistband of okay. the chaps. <laughs> Thank you for returning my property. Now you've got your full wardrobe back. Did I see Morris that? Also hands him a bubble Did gum cigar and just slinks off. Dave, what's up? Did I see that happen? Did I see her give him his cod piece back? Yeah, probably. Like you're right, it happened right in front of us. Yeah, the, you're just I'm, standing there. Yeah. Did you get your clothes stolen by a little girl? Oh, 
Oh, you don't even understand what has happened. <laughs> you don't know what I've you. been through, man. <laughs> Dilbertrum has written them all down in my name. Is that twat still around? You don't see him here. Do you? Good. <laughs> it's been a while since somebody asked I, anyways. I, I forgot about him. So did everybody else. I mean, that's exactly Yo, what that's he wanted you to do. That was, so that good was job. supposed to happen. Good job. But he's not here now. I, no, I do believe he's now. in a boat at sea about to be destroyed by Abenezer, is yeah, what I believe the current whereabouts of Dilbertram is. Which or is dragon. Safe to assume that's why you're here? Yes. Yep. Cool. Sounds good. It's been a long day. Let's get to work. Yep, the world's going to shit. Uh, I'm trying to find a oh, way to get myself physically here. By the way, here. I met my father. No. I did. He's he's almost as handsome as I am. <laughs> I don't even know how how Hablo would respond to you saying that. <laughs> oh, I, I missed you, Captain. Yeah, he's got some crazy powers now. He, he drank oh, the waters of uh, his birthright and. Now he can control any ship with the wave of his arms. He just stretches them out and we can go like crazy fast across the waters now. Clangedon flinches at the mention of water. You know, you know, there's a school right above our heads and the basin in which the waters were drawn from allowed this power. Uh, so oh, his, his Clangadin's face goes instantly sour. Ah, my upstairs neighbor, Salad Bar, is the worst neighbor of all time. Salad Bar Southwind. <laughs> I knew he had to drop it at some point. <laughs> um, um, Jarrell <laughs> walks over to Quinn and like immediately tries to like hush him because he knows that's it. Oh yeah, it's all fun and games until your upstairs neighbor leaves his bathtub full and it empties into your freaking rec room. I imagine we're in the rec room currently. <laughs> well, what else would you be doing in here? It's not rec exactly room spelled W-R-E-C-K. Yeah. <laughs> How else would you spell it? <laughs> Recreation with a wreck. <laughs> Emphasis on the wreck. Emphasis on the wreck. Why well, didn't bring ex brother Hoblet, the smasher, here to set tables? No, we were doing work. We've been smashing things. Wrecking, like the room says. Uh, well, if I may interject then for a moment. Um, so obviously the you know, material plane uh, where Tadoria happens to, you know, live is in uh, clear and present danger. And um, as you know, my, my, my physical body is still over there and I do value it quite a bit still. Uh, just kind of try to figure out, uh, A, I guess how I can get here and B, um, how we can get to, I guess, where were, where were you guys headed? And I turned to like the rest of the party. 
Uh, Zero just pointed us in this direction, and we were off. Okay, there's definitely exactly some details you're emitting there, but um, I guess Zero somehow got you here, so that's cool. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a little complicated. We have been here once before, right? We were uh, battling uh, Ebenezer, and then we had returned to Ardwall, and then we made our way around back to High Rock, and shit hit the fan over there. And then we found out that Ardwall was now under attack and besieged, and everybody at the summit was at risk. So then we had to return, and when we got there, shit, wouldn't you know, uh, Boris here, <laughs> here ended up drinking some of this uh, magic water, and we end up being summoned by the the, the Caesar himself. Caesar, <laughs> yeah, just like that. And uh, we end up again. Uh, Jarrell is like hushing. <laughs> we we end up being uh, bestowed with the power of the planar vortex. Uh, in case, in case you hadn't heard, it's kind of kind of a big deal. Uh, Zero here decided then to blast us through space and time, seemingly back to this very school we had been at before. And shit, wouldn't we know we run into you? So you tell me, pal. Wait, a school? Are you telling me Santa Barbara was running a daycare under there? I'm not going to say it wasn't a daycare, but it also wasn't exactly a daycare. Quinn here was the dean of it. (laughs) 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 Wait. (laughs) Why does this shit always backfire? You say the words. That's it. You just say the words and you get yourself into this situation. Well, it's a school. At least 10% of... my fault. <laughs> water magic. That's so cool. Daycare. Oh, yeah, water magic. Magic the water out of the freaking tatami here. It smelled like wet hay. It's disgusting. Do and you know how bad water spilled in here? Do you know how bad it has to smell for a dwarf to say it smells? A dwarf <laughs> god, no less. Ex-brother <laughs> Hoblet had to soak it up with his beard. Ugh. Yeah. Beard! What is your name, little one? You, the dean of the daycare upstairs. <laughs> Draw a hate you. I tried. <laughs> He's just death staring you right now. Boris proudly announces he's Lord Dean Captain Professor Quinn Southwind. <laughs> I, are you related to Southbar? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> who's who's it that? It is my father. It's your father. I haven't seen him in a while. Have you put him in a home? He's not that old. For a god. How could you? He left his bathtub full for three years. (laughs) (laughs) He's clearly not all there in the head. Please, take care of him before he hurts somebody. 
I feel like the I mean, exact Quinn, face Quinn that Mike's making right nods. now is what Quinn's he's, doing. Yeah, he's not a big fan of dwarves. Hoblet, Hoblet <laughs> won him over for a while, but yeah, this Hoblet guy is, won him over. He can't even distinguish gnomes from dwarves. Hoblet <laughs> will always have a a a near and dear place in my heart, but only him. The rest mm-hmm. of the dwarves are. It's kind of fucked up. His, dude. his family was semi cute too. It's racist, dog. Oh, the Smashers episode. The Smashers. <laughs> we sang a song for that. We did. Speaking of which, uh, Mr. Clangadin, uh, dear God, we we have we have we have brought ourselves and found ourselves in a situation where we are facing powers beyond our uh, limitations. This one, Vecna and Ebenezer, both are challenging the prosperity of this plane, as well as the others. Uh, We happen to know here that out on the astral plane, or, or at least other places, godly battle is being done. And we would beseech you to relinquish Hoblet from his training so that he may join us on this embarkment. What do you say, boss? You think I'm shot? Of course there's gods fighting out there. It's a fucking jungle out there. I don't want to go out. But, ex-brother Hoblet, you think you're done with your training? I'll never be done, sir. See you again. Aye, that's the right answer. But yeah, you've done enough. Go fight some wars and get some glory. Uh, Jarrell will raise his hand to get the attention of the giant dwarf. <laughs> what are you guys raising your hand? Right. Are you, are you from Hoblet the daycare upstairs? Jarrell's been along a hot with Hoblet for long enough that he knows that he just had to accept the berating, but he had to get his attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's going to ask, uh, before you send us on our way, all powerful dwarf, uh, What's his name? Clangadin. Um, would <laughs> is is there any particular way that you could bring our friend Felix here from the what's the regular world? I don't know. Ardwall. Yeah. Just to do tell Dory the prime material plane. Yeah, the, from the prime material plane oh, to us here. The place where all the boring stuff happens. Me? No, I can't do that anymore. I'd have to open me door. God knows, there's barbarians out there. Vecna could just go dragging me out. Where's Vecna's out there? I don't know how that other guy you're talking about is. Him and Ezer. Sounds like somebody really taking on a very hopped up name. I like it. it sounds it's, weird. It's miserly in nature. <laughs> sure, why not? Is there a way you would recommend that we get our friend here from that plane? There's ways to get here from everywhere. I'm pretty sure. It's kind of a weird place, this Legradex. It's way bigger than you think it is. It goes all the way up and all the way down. It's something like a mile all the way around the place. Like from side to side or something like that. It goes all the way up and all the way down. So there's lots of different floors and places. There's going to be a portal room here somewhere to get to all the places. I don't know what the hell it is, though. Hmm. 
Have you never uh, ventured out to explore the rest of these places of Legredex? You just come here to crash? I don't want to go into everybody's place. You want somebody just walking into your apartment? No. So you stay the fuck out of other people's too. It's kind of a strange place, this Legredex. It's all lined up weird. Somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, you don't really know where the things are. Well, one thing... One thing for sure, this place is convenient. I gotta say, it is a hell of a thing running into you two. And uh, I have to imagine this was meant to be. I'm just so happy to see you. My God, quit trying to kiss me, Aris. I was talking to Hoblet. That's well, okay. Quit trying That's okay. to kiss his too. Yeah, like, this has been so long since I've seen that that hairy, glistening, greasy, dwarven ass over there. <laughs> Fucking hey, Hoblet. All right, let's uh. What do you, what do you say? We, we we get down to business. Where are we headed? That is a great question. Like I was saying, this sort of place, like lots of demigods, kind of come in and out of this place because. It can kind of handle the weight we've got. A little better than some of the worlds, but we don't really get places of our own. And when we do, they're weird ocean places where all the wind people are. There's no land there. Anywhere. What do you even do? But no, somewhere there's a, some kind of portal nexus in here somewhere. The master of this place put it in. Who knows when? Long time ago, or maybe five minutes ago. Sometimes we're out here. But anyway, you go there, maybe you get a portal. And it's a grab bag. Maybe it takes you to the prime material plane. Maybe it takes you to Tartarus. You never know. It's an adventure. Tartarus? That sounds kind of dangerous. Like, what if we end up in, like, I don't know, the elemental plane of fire and all burn to death? I guess. She could go back to the Prime Material Plane and get destroyed by Ebenezer. I mean, you, you, you raise a good point. You're right, I do. I'm a god in his own home. Hoblet's like silently chuckling this whole entire time. Just standing next to him, just chuckling at you guys. <laughs> Clangadin's just being a wanker. Oh yeah, I'm being an absolute <laughs> fucking asshat. This is great. Well, the chuckling is a welcomed sound. It's been a long time since we've been able to hear this chuckle. And I, I got to think everybody's beaming and just excited at this point. We are, you know, reunited. I'm ready to go fight some shit. Yeah, reunited. Let's go kill somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, I guess we should figure out this whole portal nexus thing then and I'm going to keep trying to I guess figuring out how the heck I can get to you guys because I am afraid if I go back to my body right now I'm not going to be able to make it to that lighthouse to teleport my way to here not Fran you may want to help me here if you want to like if, but I'm pretty sure that I can cast a spell right now that can bring you here what is that? I don't know all the seventh level ones, but I was just reading about one. Plane shift? Does that work? 
I'd have to like read it through again. I was like trying oh. to read them all, but Hold that on. was one that sounds like hey, I might be able to move into, somebody. Fourteenth level warcaster cleric. Yeah. You and up to eight willing creatures who link hands in a circle are transported to a different plane of existence. So I probably can't. You can specify. I, I I can't touch you. If I try to touch you, I just my hand goes through you. But this is really cool because this is an alternative way to travel through the planes of existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can transport all of and, us back to Felix. Yeah, read the bottom yeah. of that too. Yeah. You can use a spell to banish an unwilling creature to another plane. Yeah, yeah. cool. Fuck them. Um, that's <laughs> not... Hold on. This is not a terrible idea, actually. Holy Ooh. shit, Hoblet. I, I think you might have stumbled into a solution here. I'm trying to read all the level seven spells, and there's like five of them that have to deal with planes. And I don't know what the fuck... I live in this plane. I'm going to go to work tomorrow. Like, I don't know <laughs> all these other planes and what. Well, but, you know, maybe if we figure out a destination, then we could point and shoot there. But, I, I, you know, it's also pretty dangerous because I'm not sure how many times you can cast that in a day, but. Uh, well, I can cast it once a long rest. Right. And I'm afraid if you try to transport everyone to me, that you're not going to we're not going to make it a long rest, so to speak, you yeah. know, before um, things become irreparably worse. I mean, you can send someone unwilling, right? If you send Clangarang where Felix is, I'm sure they'll both pop right back here together. <laughs> well, now, here, here's the thing. I can scry on dear Felix if he can make himself, uh, you know, safe in one way or the other. I know I mean, he can. I mean, at least temporarily safe at an offshore facility outside of Ardwall, but uh, things are looking, well, they were Hold looking on. pretty dire. I have a really good idea. Hold on, let me, let me make this a little Because I think it is probably the perfect greeting behind between Jarrell and Hoblet. Oh, what does is, what is banishment do? Does it, it send sends, him back to the, 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 random, the plane that it's, it sends is a, it a random back plane to or the plane that it's from? The plane yeah. that it's from. If it's not, if, if, if the one that it's currently on is not its home plane. Hoblet is from <laughs> the, the material, material plane. <laughs> can I send? Can I banish Hoblet back to Felix, and then Felix gets teleported, teleported with Hoblet back, back here? To... <laughs> is that too much? That that is crazy enough to possibly work. <laughs> like I, I literally have to pretty much like ultra smite Hoblet back to. <laughs> back to Felix and then uh, I don't back. see anything rules is written that says you cannot do it <laughs> the question would be pinpointing the location of where he approaches on the plane like I don't think I, I get to pick I, you don't get to pick <laughs> that he goes to Ardwa at in the middle of this battle like that's a loophole that's a little far stretched like you're gonna send him exactly <laughs> don't where, you dare you know. <laughs> don't you dare shit on this good time here I'm in a rules lawyer. <laughs> Don't worry. You know what? I see your rules lawyer, and I'm going to nullify it with a rule of cool off the top of the deck. Yes! <laughs> Objection. Heroes. Objection. Rule of cool. Yeah. Sustained. The ethos of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy enough to work. Let's do it. Yeah. 
Aspiring DMs, never let the rules get in the way of a good story. That's true. All right, hold Smell. on, hold on. I'll give you the specific latitude and longitude on the prime material plane. If you can just smack him in that general direction, maybe that works. <laughs> um, we. It looks like we're 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 fine on the rules. The rules lawyer over there, for at least for my spell, because it says that I can go to a specific place. Yeah, but that's back here. We're using right. you to come back here, and that right. Jor- Jarrell's going to banish you to me, and then right. you're going to take me to here. <laughs> All I was telling <laughs> Phil was that the second half of this plan is airtight. Oh, I had no doubt in plane <laughs> shift. It's the banishment. The banishment was the issue. Um, yeah. And yes. Hedrick, Hedrick has just got his jaw dropped because he has no idea about these powers, and he is just looking at Klangadin and then looking at you guys deciding how we're going to reconvene. Yes, and you even know the true name of this place, so you could get back here. Like, Legradex isn't the school. It wasn't the lighthouse. It is this entire place that this is. Well, let's do it. Are you ready? Are you ready and willing, Hoblet? Yeah, so we safe to assume that we've chatted this plan out. We know what's going on. I'm the way the spell reads. It's a touch spell. So if you're banishing me back to, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm going can... back. I'm risking my life right now to go back to save Felix. <laughs> can we just? That's. I just want to be clear that that's what's happening right now. I'm sorry. I'm risking... Is that is that a problem? Yeah. Whose plan was this? <laughs> this seems like some poor shit. I have if, a plan. If there's a way, sending. if there's a way that I can impart to Jarrell, I can scry on Felix, at least his physical self on the material plane, mm-hmm. and that way I should be able to garner some sort of location. Okay. So I'm going back, grabbing Felix's hand. Let's go, and then. Well, you don't grab my hand yet. He's Jarrell has to banish you. No, no, no. Right. So after he banishes me, I don't know the fuck I'm getting into. I'm. You're sending me in naked here. I know it's a shit show, but you're like I'm about to die. So I feel like I'm coming in and like I got to grab you and we got to (laughs) go. Kinda. Okay. Yeah. I'll be ready it when actually, you get here. It actually doesn't say I have to hit him. I, th- I think Charles would just do that. <laughs> Whack! <laughs> back. And then just a pop. Wait, so uh, just be a little descriptive. How how are you doing the whacking? Uh, I'm a tempted to just do the pimp. <laughs> Slow and centrally. <laughs> oh, in a firm and up and down motion <laughs> I fucking asked for that but quickening sorry. as I'm, is it safe to assume that since <laughs> this podcast has been going on for a while without me that jokes have still been going on I'm not uh, <laughs> yeah. yes okay good deal we haven't lost not our as mojo. funny but still funny good good <laughs> I miss you guys I miss you too <laughs> Well, I just pimp smacked you back to Felix. So. Okay, so you just kind of did like yes! a or something. 
And it says when you banish something back to its native plane, it it, it vanishes with a loud pop. Yep. There, that was beautiful. I, uh, clang it in says, you whacked him in the face and sent him back to another plane. That was the plan. So Sarah looks so proud. Of whacked himself. him in the gymis. I'm I'm back. <laughs> What, yeah, what do and, I and see? Now, Felix's astral form disappears. You are inside of a, a laboratory, an Omega Project laboratory. It is just me in here. Okay. All, and it's a smaller room, about 20 by 20, and all of the doors are locked. There is a crater in the center of the floor that goes about five feet deep. What the don't fuck ask, did you... Just don't ask. We need to go right Let's now. Let's go. I'm going to grab his arm. Uh... And we go, we go back. Yeah, so it says that I need to know the specific location, but you do. Yeah. The nearest Clank. window explodes inward with a blast. Shards of glass flying everywhere. Yeah, and you can hear as like as we're like you know traveling through whatever fucking like planar thing. There's like this sound of like you can almost hear before we arrive back in at Legradex. It's just like as Felix like pops in like nice. you know Hobbit's probably just standing there just you know fine and like you know Felix is just like shaken as he was you know not ready for that necessarily for like just how quick that was gonna be <laughs> uh, he's a planar noob as soon as they both pop into the room uh, Boris has two bubblegum cigars ready and pops one instantly into each of their mouths <laughs> yes Klingadin leans down towards Boris. Hey, Nasi, what did he call me earlier? Klangy something, I can't remember. Boris looks up at him slowly and says very, very meepishly, Klangarang. Hey, come on, Nasi, say it like you mean it. You've got Moxie, show it. Klangarang. You're done right. I'm going to keep that one in the notebook. Now listen, ye, as he turns uh, back over to Quinn. If you do see the Caesar, send him my regards. After that, I'm going to send him a bill for the uh, drying this place out. He was a good neighbor, even if he was a pain in the arse. Then go get out of here. He, uh, Quinn just kind of like nods his hat at, at Clangadin. Your gigantic hat. My right. gigantic hat to the gigantic dwarf. I don't know how we get out of here. <laughs> no, you can't really so, jump up yeah. 25 feet to grab yeah. a rope. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hob- Hoblet, you don't happen to have uh, an adventurer's <laughs> kit or climbing kit, do you? Boris has Hob- 10 uh, pittance on her still. That's good. Uh, that's not going to help us climb uh, not a wall. How tall is Clangadin? Maybe it would be best if you didn't go putting marks in me, um, me walls. How about they, you just take the double doors at the other end of the room? Go down the hallway. We all stare at the very obvious set of doors that were always there this entire time. <laughs> they, were, they were, but Clangadin's fucking gigantic. He was obscuring of the view of like an entire half. Fair of enough. Uh, Do you yeah, know how... <laughs> We'll go that way. No, no, nobody really asked for a description and nobody made a perception check. Right. <laughs> so you know how we feel Dave. about doors. 
Yeah. yeah. But there are double doors and there's a hallway and you know there's there's some apartments areas in here. It wasn't just a training room they've been hanging out in for years. Like Hoblet had to sleep somewhere and shit. Right. There had to be food and stuff. There so is there like a there... god size apartment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This cool. is essentially Klingon and Silvered Beard's fucking bachelor pad, like godly bachelor pad. <laughs> right. Don't tell his wife yeah. about this place. This is the sort of place <laughs> where it was it was a place and it's kind of existing outside of things. And it has a master, but that's you know, neither here nor there. But gods kind of pop in and out of here. Other powerful entities might too as well. Um, would it be safe to assume that a, a proper Dorvin like goodbye would just be like two nods i feel like they've they've we've said enough while we've been here just kind of be like till we meet again oh yeah that's that's perfect i love it then then i would like hoblet to proudly as fast as he can run over to the double doors pull them in and throw them open super proud that he knows that they open inward <laughs> here for a year you know how the doors work yup <laughs> <laughs> and they bang open with some authority. Clangadin grins with approval. Let's go. And the party heads off through the double doors and towards their destiny. And that's where we're going to call this week's episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. Beautiful. If you like us, we can be found on the internet. We're in such places as Instagram and Twitter at Hapless Heroes. We are on Reddit slash r slash Hapless Heroes Podcast. We are also on Facebook. Search for Hapless Heroes Podcast. All of those places will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence. Our Discord server where you can meet and greet and talk and hang out with us on a daily basis. Folks like me and Fran are on absolutely constantly because we're just on Discord constantly. And the rest of the cast is just a ping away. They're frequently on about as well. Except for Massimo, who lost access to his Discord account and cannot get it back. I, I, he's like tried everything. And this kid gets so frustrated with technology that he's just like given up. But I will relay things to him because I disc off with him frequently. So. Yeah. Even the people who aren't around anymore are still close friends of the show. We do talk with them on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. But anyway, it's a wonderful self-sustaining community where you're almost more likely to be greeted by members of the community than you are us if when you first pop into the server. But we are still small enough where we try to greet people when they show up. We'd love to have you as part of our community. Please do come and join us on Discord. Now, if you really, really like us, though, you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. I'm going to assume that being an adult who has found this podcast, you have a podcast service of choice, and you may even be able to leave a five-star review there if this sort of place takes reviews. Yeah, uh, just like this wonderful person, Corey writes wrote to us in uh, February here and says, uh, I listen to this podcast while I at work. What an amazing group of guys and gals. I've been to this podcast in about a month, which what the fuck? That's nuts. This that's think about it, that's four and Are a half a years. Trucker? Yeah, that is four and a half years of content. It's like two hundred hours. Now now take I think now there take is essentially who listens it's, to a, it's about fifty episodes a year, because we do like take a breaks every now and again. Right, and each episode is at least an hour, if not more. So that's like, it is. It's two hundred hours. That is two hundred plus hours of listening that you've somehow done in a. uh, We don't deserve that. Right. 
Uh, but he says, I've just caught up and I don't know how I'm going to handle the week-to-week release. Wish I could give this podcast higher than five stars. Keep it up. Well, Corey, you get five stars from us because you yeah. are a five-star human. Thank you for your Five numbers. whole stars. Five. Thank you. Please sleep this week. Ooh. Yes, please sleep. Please, if you are losing sleep over this podcast, we implore you to please sleep. <laughs> now, folks, if you really, really like us, you could donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash hapless heroes. We have a uh, variety of different reward tiers from a basic kudos to uh, being added to a special patrons only channel where uh, you get the cool stuff like the outtakes. And so bonus Hoblet music. Or, yeah, but Hoblet, yeah. You don't, no one wants that. Now, now no you don't want Hoblet I kind of want it. I kind of want some Hoblet music. The Hoblet stuff you get, though, are the Hoblet notes, which is a borderline cryptographic codex of stream of thought and strange sigils. Yeah, after we cut tonight, I'll read you guys the last two notes I wrote because they're fucking epic. (laughs) Oh, we're back. Oh, yeah, so, myri- but yeah, a myriad of rewards, you know, I mean, all that money goes back into keeping this show running, honestly. And, uh, you know, I might even, you know, as we continue to save some more of that, even buy some folks and do microphones and things for, you know, the re- inevitable remote recording that we're going to continue to do is now we have cast members who are not even in the country. So, uh, yeah, got to just, you know, keep expanding our, we're our technology here. We are a multinational podcast now. Yep. Um, but yes, yeah, please, you know, check it out. If it's worth, if you think we're worth your hard-earned dollars, we certainly appreciate it. We'll make sure to do our best to give right back to you. Yeah, I did. I, I just really want to check in, though. I did not miss the tasteful nudes shoot. Did I? No one went to that level on the Patreon yet. Have they? Not yet. No. Okay, good. If you guys would have done a tasteful, you know how mad I would have been if you would have done a tasteful. <laughs> I have questions about my requirements for this podcast. Suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> If that tasteful nude shoot was done without me, I would have been Nicole, so Nicole, this has been a running joke since the dawn of Patreon. We've been trying to get um, someone to donate like a million dollars or something. I forget what the tier is. It's there is no yeah. tier. That's the point. It is a undetermined number, and there is no guarantee <laughs> that you will actually get tasteful nudes. Oh, yeah, they'll get them. I can guarantee it. <laughs> I think if, even if, if they're just of the James slash Hoblet. If nothing else, Man, if somebody donates a million dollars, I will consider tasteful nudes and putting sure. that on. The right. <laughs> don't don't this say that on the internet. Online, right? yeah. Yeah. I know. Don't put it on the this section out. <laughs> I think, I think we just get our cartoon versions as tasteful nudes. Way cheaper than that, but a million dollars seems reasonable. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's get an if you really love us. Uh, you know what? Here, let's see if I can work this out. Oh no. If you really, really, yeah. really, 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 really love us, have one of your friends create a podcast where you have a character that becomes beloved, then have a child, you go missing, then come back, then have another child and go missing again, then come back again in an epic rebirth with your God at your side and scream out to your listeners. Tell everyone to listen to Hapless Heroes. <laughs> Whoa, Welcome you just back, did that. <laughs> so he must really love us. He must, he really, must really love us. us. <laughs> I guess so. Like Sally Field 
and the whole deal. Oh, he I forgot. When his character returned, he didn't tell anyone James. to listen to the hapless heroes. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I've never insane. heard of her before, but uh, I really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, at this point, there's nothing for us to do but uh, outro our cast, and we'll go opposite field from the way uh, we started. We've got the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, played by Francesco. We had a great plan, guys. And to his left, in his triumphant return, Axe Brother Hoblet the Smasher, played by James. Great being back, friendos. To his left, Lord Jarrell the Light, played by John. Until next time. Let's see. I think I guess I said I was going left. So to his left, we have uh, Hedrick the Entertainer, played by Phil. All right, Hoblet. All right. Oh. Yes. And to his left, we have Boris the Butcher, played by Nicole. I'm pretty sure I could have picked up that axe. And to her left, we have Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind, Dean of the Southwind Academy, <laughs> by Mike. That god really respected me. <laughs> My name is Dave. I've been your host and dungeon master for this evening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 Bye.